0: angels and demons real? I mean, come on, you might be saying, aren't they a part of just folklore and myth and media today and television? Well, I think there's actually at least three good reasons to believe that angels and demons are real. And the first one is that the Bible teaches that angels and demons are real. So if we have reason to believe that the Bible is true and it's accurate, and the worldview of the Bible includes angels and demons, then that is one good reason to think that angels and demons exist. Jesus certainly thought that angels and demons were real. He casts out demons on multiple instances. But there's a second reason that could be pointed for why angels and demons are real. I mean, look at some of the depths of the depravity and evil that human beings have done. In fact, just take the 20th century alone, the killing fields of Cambodia, the Holocaust, some of the mass killings and starvations in communist Russia and communist China. A case could be made that there's an influence by an outside evil force, encouraging or in some cases even possessing human beings to do such acts of utter evil. But there's a third reason why angels and demons, at least there's a third reason why we have good reason to believe angels and demons are real. In their book, The Jesus Legend, Paul Rhodes, Eddie, and Gregory Boyd actually document that cross culturally there's significant evidence for demon like possession. Documented in leading journals, things like people being overcome and having super strength, people becoming incredibly violent and trying to harm themselves and harm other people, people having knowledge that they couldn't otherwise have and people describing and even seeing others being taken over by these outside forces. Now, I realize in our naturalistic and scientific era, it's easy to explain these things away. But if these three things are true, we at least have good reason to believe that angels and demons in particular are in fact real.
1: Pretty much an introduction to this message. What about angels and demons? This is part two. So he he brought this out again. God says, Jesus says, Holy Spirit says, God's word said that angels and demons exist. So I believe that as well because I've had dealings with them. Our text is the same as last week, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. A final word be strong with the Lord's mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. He's talking about this dimension that I talked about. Against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. We talked about that last week that 24-7 around us is another dimension. Another dimension where angels and demons come and go and they have an impact and they affect humans' lives. We learned last week that angels are spirit beings. They're supernaturally powerful beings. They are personal beings. They are not gods. They are not the spirits of people who have died. Angels are sent to be the believer's ally in the struggle against sin and evil and the darkness of Satan. Just as angels are on the light side, demons are on the dark side. And they are eternal creatures that do his express bidding to harass humans. The Bible also teaches that we contend with demons. And this subject sometimes makes us a little uncomfortable. It, it, there are certain things within the context of the church and Scripture that we, some people just soon not talk about. It. Death is definitely one of them, usually. Another one is the dark side. Satan, the devil, Beelzebub, call him what you will. He has many names, Lucifer. We, we don't want to talk about him in a... Since that, you really don't want to give him any credit. And so a lot of times it's never talked about. There are churches that never talk about this they never talk about hell, but you've got to, it, the whole package, you've got to go from Genesis to revelation. you've got to mention it all. That is the, that is the issue that uh, the responsibility that God has given, given me and given pastors as well. we can't ignore or rationalize demons away because when God Created them, they are eternal beings. They are created forever. A major part of Christ's ministry was given to confronting demon, demonic powers, and releasing people from the control or influence of demons. So, if we deny that demons exist, we we uh, discredit Christ and His good news. He told us that one of the signs of His kingdom would be overcoming demonic powers. Matthew 12:22. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And we cannot read or hear of the wickedness of humanity and the cruelty that men are capable of visiting on each other without believing the reality of wicked spirits called demons. He mentioned the atrocities of the Nazi regime. Lenin and Stalin's Russia... Mussolini in Italy, Pol Pot in Cambodia, Ceaușescu in Romania, maniac after maniac. The, I don't care how sick a mind is, some of these things that they have visited on humans cannot come out of a, a normal mind. It, it has to be fueled by pure evil. And that's, that's, that's what Satan does, and, and, and that's how he works. This kind of evil was masterminded and orchestrated by people who are controlled by the agents of the devil The demons who delight in destruction and death. So it seems like every week almost, there's either a terrorist that has blowed somebody up, shot a bunch of people, or driven a vehicle into crowds of innocent bystanders. That's just not that's just not coming out of their mind. Demons are behind that. They Satan is behind that. His his main thing on earth is death and destruction. That that's just just the way they work. But they prefer that we not see them as that. In this case, they don't want the credit, in a sense. They just want to put that on people, and they want people to carry this out as, as so people will put the blame on the people and not really... They, they are to blame, but nonetheless, at the core, it's them. In Revelation 12, we read of a rebellion in heaven led by Satan. Revelation 12:7 through 9. And I think that's another... T- thing that sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our minds around. We, heaven, perfection, joy, peace, on and on and on. All the attributes. And then evil shows up. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. We know from the Old Testament that Satan, the dragon, was cast out of God's heaven. God himself speaks about Satan, Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside over the mountains of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heaven and be like the most God. But instead, you were brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Then Ezekiel 28, God speaking, 14 through 17, I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. He was right next to God. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your great wealth filled you with violence and you sinned, so I banished you from the mountain of God. I expelled you, O mighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor, so I threw you to the earth and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings." Hebrews as well tell us that when Satan fell, that a third of the angels fell with him. It said the great dragon tail swept a third of the angels with him and they uh, become demons. But here's the point for us. We can take heart in the fact that we don't need to fear Satan and his demons. Why? Because God's clear teaching that Christ is victorious. Satan has already been defeated because of Christ's death on the cross. And even though God permits Satan to do his work in this world God is still in control and Jesus has power over Satan he defeated Satan died and rose again and one day Satan will be bound forever never to do his evil work but I think I alluded to that last week a little bit at the end of the tribulation Satan will will be bound for a thousand years and he will not be allowed to harass people the millennial world will be a A perfect world in that sense that Satan won't be there to distract people. Jesus Christ will be on his throne in Jerusalem, ruling the world. And we, in glorified bodies, will have functions during that time to come and go. What happens? Those people that survived the tribulation will be human. And they'll have babies. And these children will grow. And at the end of this thousand years, Satan will be turned loose And these children that were born during that 1,000 years, still it it, it comes back to why I believe in free moral agency. They'll have a choice. And then some of them choose to follow Satan. And then uh, you'll have to read the rest of the story. I'm not going to go through that today, but that's what happens. And then he is bound and cast into the bottomless pit where he won't be able to harass anybody anymore. But he's sure loose now. Satan fell to the earth with all his angels, referring to demons. The world is their prison. Whereas the enemies of God, they work against God's people. We have to understand this God is omnipresent, He can be everywhere at once. At this point in time, at 2 after 11, on this day, Satan is only one place in the world. Perhaps he's in Washington, D.C. I don't know. That's just what I wonder. He's only one place. So, how does harassment happen? All these demons that he has sent out—they are the ones that come and harass us. They are around us, and it's not—he he can only be one place. Uh, you remember that? I—I I didn't know that in the beginning. I was always wondering about that. But he can only be one place. He cannot be everywhere at once. So his demons work for him. They are fallen angels, sinful spirits. Spiritual beings who have Satan as their leader, Matthew 25, 41, and Luke eleven, fifteen. 15. Jesus talks about these being evil spirits in the scripture. They serve Satan's purposes. Here's five ways they impact us as humans. Number one, they can inflict disease and physical suffering. Matthew 17, 14 through 18. A man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son. He said, He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Two, they cause mental torment. Three, they incite the war, violence, and cruelty. Four, they are the power behind false religions. It's all religions that deny Christ. Five, they tempt and seduce believers to forsake the service of God. First Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4.1. Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. So we need to understand the power and influence of demons. To ignore them would, do, would give them free hand in our lives, actually. Our text reminds us in Ephesians 6 for us to be strong in the Lord and mindful of our spiritual, on our spiritual toes. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So really, we're not fighting people. We're not fighting each other. We're, we're fighting so, something that's much more powerful. Something that we can't see, but we know that it's there. The Bible assures us of our victory, so we need not fear that. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And then 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in me than in this world. The Holy Spirit that lives in me is greater than Satan and his demons. He has more power. I don't think we realize that sometimes. So here's a key question that I've been asked on occasion can a follower of Christ be possessed by, by a demon? I don't think it's a silly question. I think it's best answered by understanding the way in which we are influenced in the spiritual realm. Every living, breathing human being, whether you are a follower of Christ or not, you, there's demonic influence in your life. They harass you. That, that's a given. It doesn't matter. That, you, you, you can take that to the bank, so to speak. But the influence they have over a person's life ranges from ordinary temptations at one end of the scale to the near total control on the other. Demons work in us to cause fear, doubt, despair, lust, greed, and hatred all the time. You ever wonder where those thoughts come from? You get aggravated at somebody or whatever or you lust for something. That just just doesn't come out of thin air. It's placed there. And it it sticks sometimes. They attempt to skew our perception of reality and the work of God. That is the part and parcel of being a follower of Christ. It comes with this whole arena of being a follower of Christ that you are thrust into a battlefield. And the more that we subdue it or ignore it, it doesn't bother us so much. But we've got to come to grips of what kind of world we live in and what responsibility God has put on you. We're going to be dismayed, or we're not, we should not be dismayed when we're tempted. That it, it, It's part of our, our makeup. First Corinthians ten thirteen, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And boy, sometimes that's a stretch for some of us. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Do you know what my way out is? Satan hit the road, you have no business with me. Help me, Jesus. These are terms that I say over and over and over in the course of the day. That, and that's, that's the power that, that God has placed with, within us. What we need to know is this, that when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the ability of demons to influence his or her life is curtailed. That is the point of the armor of God in Ephesians 6 when we get up in the morning is mentally putting that on in our minds before we get out of that bed and move on with our day because God gave it to us to protect us from this evil, if you will. As we put on Christ, his truth, his righteousness, his peace, and live in his presence, demons are defeated at every level of our lives. But if we choose to be obedient, if we choose to sin, if, if, if that's the path that we take, we have, we're opening up more and more influence for demons to become, come into our lives because we're becoming vulnerable. The farther away you get from Christ, the, the more dim that you get. Uh, Sunday tells a story about a, a, an ember of a fire. That when that's in the, in the fire, it's hot, but you pull it out. It won't be long until it cools off, and that's the way it is with us. I, I don't think we realize the dangers of sliding away from Christ. Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. You know, we talk about writing things on etching them in our mind. That ought to be put on our refrigerators, on our cars, everywhere that we go. Do not give the devil a foothold because all it takes is him to forget. We'll get one little claw in a hole in you, in your spiritual life, and he can open up a pretty good-sized hole if he's allowed to work. We need to learn to exercise spiritual authority that belongs to Christ Jesus. As Christians, our focus is not Satan and demons. It's not what we put our attention on. Our attention should be on Christ And our authority in Christ should not be bragged about or whatever. We need to be grounded in Christ and give Him praise and glory. And every morning we don't need to be looking for a demon under every book and behind every lamp or whatever. And we don't need to rebuke them. But the fact is we need to go to Christ and ask that the Holy Spirit would fill our emotions, our intellect, and our will. Our authority is primarily an attitude, a Christ-centered attitude. I believe this this morning. That you and I, as followers of Christ, can be harassed by demons, but not inhabited by them. Demons know when, when you know who you are in Christ. They, they know that, they sense that. And when you're full of the power of the Holy Spirit and they know that, they know when you are and when you're not. The New, New Testament has a story that's humorous, but it's a serious one Acts 19, 13 through 18. A team of Jews who were traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus. The incantation they used was this. I command you, this is in Acts 19, I command you by Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. This was the seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But when they tried this on a man that was possessed by an evil spirit, the spirit replied this in a loud voice. I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? And he leaped on them and attacked them with such Violence that they fled from the house naked and badly injured. He ripped their clothes off. He attacked them so much. So this story spread throughout Ephesus uh, to the Jews and Greeks alike. And a solemn fear descended on the city. in the name of the Lord Jesus was honored greatly. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. Do you believe this morning or would you agree that you come up against evil? Do you sense it in the day? God might even put you in a situation that you come up and have this power encounter that you come up against somebody that is possessed or demonized, call it what you will. You'll know. Do you realize that you have the power over that evil spirit, that Christ has given you that in the Holy Spirit? All you have to do is use it. That is the point when you are in that position, did you realize that you have the authority in the name of Christ to command that evil spirit to come out of that person and send it to the pit? That, that, that's your power, but I, I think there's, a, there's too many believers that don't, they don't understand that or they don't use it. But it is as real as we're setting here in this room this morning. You got to be prayed up and you got to be... In the power of the Holy Spirit, because we have no authority over evil in our own power. It has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 18, how to do this. I won't read the whole passage, but this is God's word to you this morning. This is describing you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether it be the king, to the king as a supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men, show proper respect to everyone, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, and honor the king. So we need to focus on God and his word, people whom I love, because the voices of this world and Satan will lead you down the wrong path, a path filled with much trouble and heartache. TV? Movies, books, internet, on and not, promote the dark side. They promote both sides, but the dark side is usually a lot more promoted. There's a TV series entitled Demons that appeared on the BBC, and it depicted many demons and the many purposes that they had to harass people. You know, Twilight, vampires, werewolves, dark side stuff, and the list goes on about satanic influence in the media and the entertainment world. And as we listen, the Holy Spirit will make us totally aware of the evil that confronts us. Demons have inhabited houses, still do. I don't know, back in the day, Amityville Horror was, was a movie that they made about a true story. And then since then, there's one in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Evil was prevalent. Demons inhabited the house and harassed families, drugged people out of bed, pulled their hair, did all manner of things in this house. And that is not Hollywood that's what Hollywood wants you to believe, that it's all made up and that it's fiction. That's, that's the way Satan works. He wants you to believe that it's not real, that it come out of the mind of Stephen King or whoever. But I'm telling you, it's real. I have experienced it before. I've, I'm not going to go through all the, th- the things that I've been involved with, but I remember one night about 2 in the morning, years and years ago, I got a call from a young man. He said, you, you need to come over here because I'm going to kill myself. So, I get up and I go over there and I walk and he's living in a trailer and I walk. He's sitting at the table with a funny look on his face. His eyes are weird, and there's a pistol laying on the table right in front of him. He's got his hand messing around with it. And I said, "Brother, I said I'd feel a lot more comfortable if we'd slide that pistol on my side of the table." Actually, you, you just don't you don't know. And he'd got into some kind of Eastern mysticism, and these voices started. He said, and he's for him to kill himself and so I, uh, here, here's what you do with, you look at people and you say, now, Ron, I'm going to be talking to you. I'm going to be looking right at you, but I'm not going to be talking to you. I'm going to be talking to that entity that has, has come and to, to live in you. And you say, in the name of Jesus Christ. If there's a spirit in this man, may he come forward and they will come forward and they will talk to you in another voice. And then you say, in the name of Christ, I command you into the abyss to go in the pit. And and the power of Christ is so strong that they have to do that. Well, I did this with this young man and he stood up and let out a big scream and and fell flat on the floor and passed out for a while. And you know why when he woke up? He looked at me and said, what are you doing here? He didn't even remember I was there. And I can go, I've, I've got a. I've got a lot a lot more. <laughs> and you can sense evil. Uh, we were in Bourbon Street one time. Josh and I, we'd take trips together. And uh, we were in a certain place in New Orleans in Bourbon Street. And Josh said, this place is evil. And uh, he was right. We were in the basement of a house one time that was used for Satan worship. And we didn't know it at the time. But boy, it's it's just... It's, it's, it's electricity. It, it, it's, evil was in the air and you could sense it in a huge way. Diane and I was down in one time south of Carbondale, walked in this shop and all the walls were lined with pentagrams and so we moved out of there because you can sense it as well. Evil is in this world. Just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. This stuff here People don't want to talk about it. They want to get it out of the way. I used to go to Moody's Pastors Conference when we lived up north, and there was a professor that taught angiology and demonology, and I'd go to his, his class. And he says, it's good that you guys are in there because he said, even in my line of work and when I go to lunch, the other professors don't want to sit with me because I tell stories about people getting thrown downstairs and all kinds of manner of things with evil, and These guys really don't want to deal with that. They don't want to talk about it. But but I think you don't maybe want to talk about it, but we do do have to be aware of this. Demons are our real enemies. These are demons over whom Satan has control. They are not fantasies. They are very, very real. You know, I, I read out of Frank Peretti's book last week, and in this book, which is Christian fiction, but it's real to me, is in the hierarchy of Satan, he has head demons. And these demons are over regions. and every nation in the world, there's a demon sent to that leader to whisper in their ear, whether they listen or not, I do believe that that, 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 that is true. Their tricks... Are to turn us away from Christ and the church and to go back in the mud hole. We got to face it this morning. Sin was fun. It was fun for the old nature. Caused us grief, but nonetheless, we enjoyed it. Who, who in here can say that they hated it? They hated all the stuff they did in the past that at that time, really. And, and we have a tendency sometimes to want to go back. It was like it was like the children of Israel. Even though they were being beaten in slavery, they get out in the desert and they get hungry. They say, man, I want to go back to Egypt and see some of the onions they got back there. It, it, that's the, the, the old nature had had, t- had taken over. But, but, but nonetheless, I lost my train of thought. Oh, that's what I was thinking about. The, the, here's what demons do. I believe that that the Satan keeps a uh, a log on all of us. Every human has got their page, and on this page is all the things that we that that really are chinks in the armor, our Achilles heel. If you remember Greek mythology, Achilles when he's a baby, his mama dipped him in the river Styx, and the only place that he wasn't invulnerable was on that heel where she had her hand, and that's how he was killed. But Satan knows your Achilles heel. It might be all manner of things, but he knows it. And when he comes after you, when he sends a demon to you, they're going to go right for that Achilles heel for your weakness. And they pound, and they pound, and they pound away. And if we're not strong in Christ, if we don't say Satan hit the road or whatever, it, it can cause us some major grief. And they're always whispering in your ear, hey, you need to go back to the mud. Remember how you like that. Remember how that affair was so exciting you remember that. Go do it again. God will forgive you. But he leaves out all the part about the consequences and all the path of destruction that our sin leaves behind us. My great-grandfather and my sister Barbara's and Diana Frank's great-grandfather and great-uncle was along. They were with Sherman on his march to the sea. And I've read some books about that and they said that For miles, maybe even 10 or 15 miles, it looked like a path of locusts went through there. Everything was destroyed. Crops, they ate all the animals, on and on and on. That's what sin does to us, that if we're honest, we can look behind and we see this great path of destruction that we caused. Broke hearts, broke families, and I can go on and on. That's where that comes from. We are assured of victory, but we've got to engage in the struggle until Christ comes back. He wants to battle all who are on God's side. And I think sometimes we do get a little discouraged and we get tired of fighting. We always need to remember Jesus' words to Peter. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overcome it. The gates of hell itself will not alter or stop the church. When God breathed inception in the church... In Acts, on Pentecost, it was a living being that the, Satan can do all that he wants, drag as many people out, but he will not ever defeat the church of Jesus Christ. It's victorious to the end. Since we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the light of Christ, I ask you this morning as my brothers and sisters and tell you that we need to live in the light. Because His light shining in us will dispel the darkness. We are like mirrors that the light of Christ shines off us into a dark world. And when we sin, it's like a clump of mud or dirt on that mirror. And the more we sin, the more clumps we get. And it, and it stops the reflection of Christ in our lives. And it pleases the enemy, actually. So we have to, we have to dispel that darkness and stay Christ-centered. Because if you are in Christ... You'll be much more joyful, you'll be more contented, and you'll be more loving. You know why? Because the old nature is pushed out of the side and the new nature in Christ has taken over your life. The spiritual realm is real. We need to learn to discern that. And as we talked about last week, we thank God for angels and ministering spirits that he sends to us to protect us, uh, to encourage us, uh, to help guide us through life. Finally, I say here this morning that we just need to live in the Spirit. You need to pray this morning as the band uh, sings. Feel free to do that and to be prayed with, and you need to lay a burden down. But right now, I, I, want, you to, uh, I want you to stand with me, if you would, for our benediction in this sense this morning. We're going we're gonna to read these, these life-saving words of God to us. Read this out loud with me. Use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil, so that after the battle you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the sturdy belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In every battle you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. May God bless the reading of His Holy Word.